I eliminate that uh, whole romanticized vision of uh, knife fighting or, or just fighting uh, for honor. The skills Ed Calderon's mother possessed with a blade are something she passed down to her son. But Ed's experience dealing with criminals in Mexico taught him more than his mother ever could about the deadly potential of other unassuming everyday objects. He discovered some things could kill you even quicker than his signature knife designed with his mother in mind. And that's yet another area of unique knowledge that Ed shares with his students and one that is probably not for the faint of heart. Some people out there think I show some sort of self-defense methodology. Uh, what I'm really showing people is how sociopathic bad people or cr criminals or people in desperate situations go about the process of picking a tool, carrying it, and using it in a, in a setting that they might encounter at some point, them, uh, the student might encounter at some point in their lives. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any DVD set of uh, knife, uh, knife methods or <clears throat> I don't have a belt system or ranking system. That's not, that's one, not what I'm about. Um, but let's say you, you, you want to learn um, how pointed objects uh, work <laughs> uh, as far as weapons. I'll take you through a mental process of how people select what they select uh, to use against somebody else in, uh, in in an environment. So the first lesson is the weapon will dictate how you move with it or what you do with it. You know, the target will dictate the weapon and the weapon will dictate the movement. <clears throat> if you have somebody that's going to a cold weather environment, let's say Chicago in the winter, uh, <clears throat> somebody wants to stab you, they'll probably look for something long and pointed to try and get through the layers of clothing. That's an example of an environment or a victim dictating what weapon the opponent will use. Um, now, why is that valuable to somebody out there that might want to defend against it? Well, you know, first off, it teaches you a mindset. And it also makes you realize that space is pretty important and you should keep space between you and anybody out there. If you have to pick something to carry yourself in a place where you're not necessarily allowed to carry something or you don't have a choice and you need to grab something off the counter, it teaches you to pick something in a very smart way. You know, you don't want to grab a spatula if you want to stab somebody. You want to grab something a bit more pointy, right? And then I show videos of people actually applying some of these things that later on I show them how to do themselves. Uh, one lesson that you, they learn quickly as far as uh, seeing some of these stabbing videos that I show. Uh, there's no art to it. It's not an art form. It's a visceral, violent expression of a one human being trying to kill another. Uh, so I eliminate that uh, whole romanticized vision of uh, knife fighting or, or just fighting uh, for honor. Uh, you know, I have people that have a jiu-jitsu background come to some of these classes and then they say, well, if something happens with a knife, I'll grab them and I'll grapple and put them on the ground. And then you see people getting into stabbing situations and being put on the ground is unavoidable in a lot of cases. Uh, but also it's a pretty bad place to be when you're rolling around with somebody that has a knife in their hands. Uh, but it's uh, definitely a situation where people might find themselves in. First off, I need to get rid of a lot of misconceptions, so I show them these videos. I go through the mental process, picking something. 
uh, themselves. I show them some ambush uh, tactics that you know are very common out there, uh, both for them to know how to do themselves and know how to uh, ca- use them as a counter ambush uh, type method. And then I give them a homework assignment. They can't spend any money, can't take them more than five minutes to make, and they need to come up with something that could stab through a torso. I give them a few lessons on how something like that could be made. And uh, they go out and they come back and you usually have this table and you know people make all sorts of things, you know. You see people getting really creative with these things, again, in a playful manner, but also they're learning something. I usually have a filters that I tell people to kind of go, in, go through in their minds as far as if you're going to have something with you in a non-permissive environment, basically in a place where you're not allowed to have anything. Uh, number one, I tell them not allowed to and not being able to are two completely different things. Right? So number one, locally sourced, did you buy it where you're, where you're going to? That's one thing you want to kind of carry. You, you don't want to carry anything too exotic. So I'm not going to travel around with my exotic carbon fiber ceramic uh, laser cut uh, California straw with a point on it. I'm probably going to go somewhere and buy something similar uh, where I'm traveling to and just with a few quick modifications, I could just have something ready if I fall into a place where I need to use some of this type of stuff. Um, and usually these things are you just they're solutions to, to the age-old uh, problem of being armed when you need to. These are situations, places, and events where if you want to be responsible and keep yourself safe, you actually have to become or have to start thinking in a very criminal way. Um, so there's definitely some people out there that might need you know, that type of mindset. But one thing they all have to be able to do is go through a torso. Uh, so how, Ed, how do you replicate a torso? Well, I, I have, uh, I have a, a medium there, an organic medium there, usually in the form of a swine or pig carcass. That's the university that they go through. And I think there's definitely a value and coming out of a coming out of that uh, experience yourself it doesn't matter how non-permissive the environment. Uh, you can arm yourself anywhere you are uh, with a, with many things, and uh, if something happens, you can you can have a use of force option in most places, uh, even if you are, you know, in another country for some reason, or if you're separated from all the things that you usually carry to protect yourselves. Every now and then I get the whole, well, I'll just shoot you. If somebody tries to stab me or with something like that, I'll just shoot them. Well, usually those people have never actually traveled outside of their own home state. Uh, or usually those people have not uh, you know, been in a place where they can't carry anything. Or they've not seen themselves in a desperate situation where a firearm, <laughs> a concealed firearm might not be the option that, that they're going to have. Uh, so again, getting back to just the mindset and basics, uh, showing somebody how to be armed wherever they are, I think there's a power in that. And that's, that's kind of what I go through when I, when I do some of the classes. We're going to hold that thought and come back after this brief mention from our sponsor. Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services 
Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Everyday carry, or what's known as EDC, is an expression that people use to describe items made for survival in extreme circumstances. But they can also be carried on your person every day, like a pocket knife or even a firearm. Ed as you might imagine, is something of a legend in the world of EDC. And he explains that there are a few basic things he thinks everyone could benefit from having on their person at all times. These are the things most people might not even think of as survival tools, but they have gotten him out of plenty of life or death situations. Essentials that I consider essentials, um, a knife. You know, always carry a knife as a is a common rule uh, everywhere. Uh, I know there's places where you can't carry a knife, but you can't carry things that that, that are that could cut, basically. So a cutting implement of some sort is something I always uh, I always tell people to have with them wherever they are. Uh, what is a knife good for? Opening boxes, cutting clothing off people that might have an injury, so you can get a better look at the injury. You can cut uh, through a seatbelt if you're, you run into a situation, cut somebody out of a car. It's one of the oldest weapons out there. Uh, I don't want to carry a very specialized knife, so things like a karambit with a ring on it or some sort of Cleon weapon looking thing with like two knives coming out of the back or something like that, or skull crutcher, a pommel or something like that. I, I tend to carry things that are pretty simple, pretty basic, uh, uh, with, with one edge that I can use as a tool. If you don't know how to use your knives as a tool, using it as a weapon is going to be completely off base. You're not going to be able to do that under duress. So one thing I always tell people to carry is a knife and use your knife as a tool every time you can. So you'll get a, you'll get a familiarity with it. So if I'm worried about somebody with a knife, he's going to be a hunter butcher or somebody with a lot of experience behind that blade. Another thing I tell people to carry is cash. What I mean by that is the best counter custody tool that I've ever seen is cash. People can get out of problems by paying their way out of problems. Uh, so knowing how much money to carry and where to carry it and how to carry it is a whole skill set that I cope through in classes. But basically, I always carry at least three forms of payment, one of them cash one of them electronic through uh, with a, a prepaid debit card of some sort, specifically if I'm traveling. 
so I don't have any sort of risks as far as my financials being uh, recorded somewhere or being stolen, you know, identity theft and all that. And finally, I always carry around small elements of bartering, gifting, and or social lubrication. Uh, these could be in the form of a packet of cigarettes if I'm tra- traveling in Mexico and I need to start a conversation with somebody out there or I find somebody that uh, is a smoker that might have some local information that I want to gather and I want to start a conversation. So, you know, packet of cigarettes is probably one of those uh, payment items that you can carry. Maybe a flashlight, a cheap uh, Chinese made flashlight that you buy at, a, at, a, at, a, at the uh, checkout line at Home Depot might not be something special to you but if you hand it to somebody out there uh in a parking lot in in mexico that uh might keep an extra eye on your car you know uh that might be a good deal maybe a cell phone a small prepaid cell phone with credit on it that you can hand out to somebody out there as a as a as a thank you or as a means to get in contact with them uh is another thing when i used to do uh executive protection uh uh, details. Uh, I would always make it a point to try and develop uh, connections or assets where I would be working, even if they were temporary. So a simple thing like giving us a prepaid cell phone with some credit on it to a parking attendant that uh, that uh, told me this is phone that has credit on it. Uh, I'm gonna get. We're gonna be here for a few days. Do you mind? I'll, I'll give you this phone and I'll give you the credit in it, but. If I run into any issues, can I call you just to ask questions about the hotel, about who's coming into the hotel? If you see anything weird at the hotel, can you call me? That type of thing. Uh, so I always, I always tell people to carry around at least two or three ways of paying for things or gifting things or that type of stuff. Uh, a lighter, <laughs> because fire is, is always a handy tool to have. Um, and cordage. Uh, cordage uh, is another thing that I always uh, make it a habit to carry, usually around my neck uh, with a magnet clasp on it. Cordage is good for a lot of things. Uh, improvised uh, anti-theft device for your car. Basically tie your brake to your accelerator. So if somebody wants to steal your car, they're going to have to manage with that first. <laughs> to try to figure out why the accelerator and the brake are attached together. So that's one way of utilizing cordage in a, a unique way. Uh, you can use it to barricade doors. Some of the industrial doors have a have a latch arm on top of them, so you can use that uh, Kevlar cordage to tie that thing shut. Uh, you can use it to cut yourself free of, uh, you know, um, zip ties and seat belts. And uh, there's a lot of uses for cordage, and it's just a good deal to have and carry with you. And uh, finally, I always uh, have a single hotel key card with a bunch of duct tape wrap, wrapped around it and a small uh, super glue um, stick on it as well. Uh, why do you need duct tape? Duct tape is just handy to have for a lot of situations from wound management to uh, covering the camera on a uh, computer uh, monitor that you might not be familiar with or you don't trust, uh, covering uh, the peephole uh, on a hotel door, there are devices out there that it can make you look into a room by reversing the image. So it's a good idea to do if you're if you're if you're worried about your privacy. Uh, there's just a lot of uses for it. Super glue, same thing. Wound care. Uh, if you want to block somebody from utilizing a, a, a keyway on a door that you might uh, not be comfortable 
people kind of try to mess around with it. So you can put super glue in there so it negates the use of a key. So you can jam a door with it. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons why it would be good to carry something like that. So basically, in the end, a knife, cash, or a means of payment, bartering. That could be a cell phone, which is, a, again, an extra cell phone could be emergency communication as well. All cell phones out there, even if they don't have a, a, a chip in them, you can use them to call emergency services. So a fully charged, a small, cheap track phone could be cash, and it could also be an emergency uh, communication device. So, again, pretty interesting uh, thing to carry uh, just for a lot of reasons. Uh, cordage and a means to uh, create fire. Fire can be used to signal. It can be used to start a fire. It can be used to, to light somebody's cigarette. It could be used uh, for a lot of reasons and signaling. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons why you would want to carry one. And usually when you see people that you know have a lot of life experience, they're probably going to carry some sort of combination of those things. Some of the things that Ed considered most critical for one's survival can't be neatly tucked into a pants pocket or covered in one of his two-day seminars. These are life skills. Not knowing how to drive a stick on a car. That's surprising to me. Yeah, then I'm aware that you know, not a lot of cars are out there like uh, come out uh, with that option. <laughs> uh, having students show up at the class not knowing where the heart is, you know, tell them, where's your heart? And they'll grab their, you know, their left shoulder almost, you know, that's not where your heart is. Uh, uh, people without a second language, which is kind of like, uh, it's a weird concept for me to kind of think about. Um, a lot of a lot of Americans that I that I meet don't have a second language uh, that come to some of these classes. They just they just speak English, which is fine, but uh, you know life's better with a few languages. Uh, maybe it's something I take for granted, but it's something that was really kind of pushed uh, pushed on me to to learn how to speak English uh, as a as a life skill. Um, and also just to have a secondary language because that's like a, something that that's expected of you uh, living on the border. You know, having people come into the class with uh, basic life skills kind of not present uh, uh, from uh, you knowing how to use a knife to whittle something into shape to, you know, not having the concept of carrying things like medical equipment for emergencies or just carrying a pocket knife in their life experience because they've been taught at an early age that knives are weapons and they shouldn't carry weapons. Or that if something happens, they should just call 911. And why would you carry a tourniquet or why would you need to know how to pack a wound? That's what surprises me in a lot of ways uh, and also motivates me in a lot of ways because I want to you know, kind of, kind of uh, expand their consciousness about the realities of uh, life outside of the confines of their backyard um, or their country. Coming up next on Alchemy of Violence, Ed shares the twists and turns of his journey to recover from the violence and death he witnessed throughout his career, yet another aspect of his life that has been anything but black and white. My mind went back to back to all the pot fields that we found destroyed, to, uh, to people buying marijuana on the street, having them getting robbed or killed, and all of a sudden you're just standing there with this nice old lady eating a cookie, just feeling funny about it. 
the Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.